On this week's Don't Panic, we talk about the news from Facebook's F8 Developers Conference, including App Link's anonymous login and the audience network, and talk what really is Facebook these days. We also talk about updates to Snapchat and the splitting of Foursquare into two apps. We also talk about a redesigned OS X. Uh, we do our picks, some trivia. It's a fun episode. You're going to want to stick around. Don't Panic is next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 45, recorded May 5th, 2014, on Foursquare's Big Split, Snapchat Mania, and what is Facebook? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this, our 45th episode of Don't Panic, uh, the technology show that infringes on all the patents. Yes, we invented Swipe to Unlock. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined by the Ben and Jerry of technology. Uh, they 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 take a mediocre product and pack real chunks of flavor into it. That, of course, would be uh, Dan Miller and Colby Rabadou. How's it going, guys? What's our ice cream flavor? Um, The three of us, the show. What is we Don't need a, we Panic? We need a Don't Panic. It would be like... A, I don't know. What do you guys like? In, like, don't panic. Peanut butter explosion. Peanut butter pistachio. <laughs> He's gonna mix all the pea things together. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, did you say that episode forty-five? Episode today is episode forty-five for May fifth, twenty fourteen. Are yep. we gonna have like? We should we should have a midlife crisis soon? Well, uh, about a month from. This week would be is our one year anniversary, so it's coming up. Wow! Wow! What yeah. really? Yeah, it was early June. Oh, it was, it was after we graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So early June, and it's also important to note that this week is another special occasion. Hi, 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 hi! It would be the birthday of one of our very own. Isn't it your birthday this week, Colby? Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. See there. Oh yeah. Boom! Celebrate Cinco de Mayo festivities. Holiday. Celebrate! It's like Cinco the day day before my birthday. That's today. <laughs> it's not quite as catchy. Six de Mayo. Well, the Colby de Mayo. Yeah, Colby de Mayo. <laughs> I also like Cinco de Colby, which is just five of Colby. Yes. At the end of the night, that's how many Colbys you'll be seeing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how you know you had a good time. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump along, and uh, why don't we just move into the top story? Why don't we? Sure. What do we decide? Oh, damn it! <laughs> it's fine. Talk through, Colby, it's the music. You can talk through it. That doesn't phase Sean, me. Sean, you have to have a little light behind you or something that turns on. I'll just like, wave. When something... <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do a shh. <laughs> Bad oh UX, man. Bad UX. Let's talk about this week's top story. Uh, it seems like longer than just a week ago, but it happened uh, right after our show taped. Uh, and that would, of course, be Facebook's F8, or Fate, uh, conference took place <laughs> in uh, the California. And they made a keynote announcement uh, headed up by uh, Mark Zuckberg, um, the founder of the Facebook and he announced a couple new things for the company, uh, and we got a little highlight of a few of them. So let's start with uh, anonymous login. So uh, as you know, on 
essentially these days almost every app and website uh, there's login with Facebook where you click the login with Facebook and it authenticates you using your Facebook credentials. But sometimes when you're trying out an app for the new time, you uh, a new app for the first time, you may not want to give it your full credentials or full access to your Facebook page. So Facebook is introducing a uh, login anonymously button. Um, the same anonymous login data can be synced across devices. So what it does, if I understand this correctly, uh, and I hope I'm corrected, is that while it doesn't tell the app developer information about you, it does give you a unique identifier. So while they don't know you're Sean Jennings, they know you are an individual, and they can still sync your credentials over devices without having your specific personal data. Right, right. It's like, I don't know. It's like signing up for something without giving them your name. Yeah, it's, it's like a random identifier that means nothing to the app developer but means something to Facebook. And it's also, right. it might be obvious, but it's probably good to point out that Facebook knows that you're using that app still. It's, it's anonymous in one direction. Yes, that's, you're, <laughs> what a fantastic point. Um, they've also gone ahead and expanded uh, how you give access to your information to apps. Currently, it's pretty much just an all or nothing depending uh, but right now, what they're going to allow you to do is share individual aspects of your profile, whether it be your likes, your birthday, your email address, your friends list, your public profile, and you can select those as you go through. So if you're not comfortable, for example, sharing your birthday, but you are willing to share your email, you can now pick and choose what you're going to be sharing with individuals. Um, and that is good. And that is good. And that is good. And, you know, that's I thought that was one of the most telling things about the announcement was, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg came, he came out, I mean, he was honest and frank and said, one of the big problems we have is that people don't trust us. And, and I, I absolutely agree with him. And I think at least in a PR on the surface kind of way, again, Dan, as you said, they still know what you're doing and they still have all that information. But um at the very least, it's a step in the right direction of saying, you know, we're not trying to screw you over. We're not trying to steal your information. I mean, uh, how do you guys think this impacts Facebook's standing with the community and its so-called lack of trust? I don't think this is going to really help the people who already don't trust Facebook. Because I don't, I don't think that most people don't trust Facebook. Rather... Uh, I'll remove those negatives and say I think most people trust Facebook or it, at least most people don't give it a second thought. Uh, but the people who do think about it will hopefully realize that, you know, why would you... It's not Facebook's fault that when you log in with Facebook to some website, they steal all your information and sell it to people. Uh, so I don't... I just don't think this is going to... like. I don't know. The people who are really paranoid about Facebook and how it will track them everywhere and profile their personality, like, they're still doing that. They did not in any way inhibit their ability to do that here. If anything, they made it better by convincing people to sign in with Facebook in places where they might not otherwise. Interesting. Colby, any thoughts? Um, what what was the question? I got to, like <laughs> uh, the question was how how will this like will will, it, will this help pe Facebook gain back some of the trust that's lost over the years? 
Um, maybe. I mean, I think in a, like, in a more specific scope, I think it might be a good thing in general for Facebook login as a thing. Um, because it feels like, I mean, I, I even, like, I know when I log into things with, with Facebook, one of the things I'm, like, immediately concerned about is whether or not it's going to post stuff to my my yeah, Facebook. Don't don't they already thing. have that permissions thing kind of like Android esque? <clears throat> or is that new? Yeah, yeah, they they have it. And it like it tells you, right? But it it's still like I have to go switch the like I always switch the privacy to only me and like it I feel like this this is the switching the privacy to only me of your your information. Um so I mean, I think only me and Facebook. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the compromise, right? Yeah, it I'm just... playing the people who don't trust Facebook in this conversation. It right, might be right. easier to just say what Facebook doesn't have access to, as far as your information goes. Just assume it does, and then point out what it doesn't. Right? I mean, like I mean, what? They... I don't know your social security number, your driver's license, your. I mean, there are some, your credit cards, depending on whether or not you've purchased anything through Facebook. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. Yeah, I shouldn't have bought all those Farmville points. <laughs> uh, can, we, can, we, can we go off the beaten trail here? Oh, that's my favorite part of the show, Dan. All right, we should talk about that thing Twitter did today or yesterday where you can buy things by tweeting about it. Can anyone explain what that is to me? Because I didn't look into it, and it sounds like a terrible idea. I think it's—so I think once I explain it, you might change your mind. But this is how it works. So okay. you go into your Amazon account, and you link it to your Twitter account. Okay. So it knows your Twitter account is associated with your Amazon account. Then whenever you either tweet or reply to a tweet with an Amazon purchase link using the hashtag AmazonCart— it adds the product in that link to your cart. You don't buy it, um, but it is added to your cart. So the idea would be uh -oh. um, a company releases a product, tweets about a sale, um, and rather than having to go through several clicks of adding it to your cart, you can just one-hit reply with Amazon cart. Interesting. Does that make you feel a little better? My Twitter account was already connected to Amazon. Probably because I use it for Kindle sharing stuff. Oh. Uh, what do you and mean? Facebook. So on the Kindle, you can highlight a passage and share it to your Twitter account. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. And it's I, totally I, cool. I have to say, one of the other things I really love about Kindle, too, is the um, popular highlights. Yeah. Where they curate the most common highlights through a book, and I find they're really, really great things picked out because they're so popular and i actually do really yeah. like that yeah no it really is and um someone else talk blah 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 <laughs> no, uh, 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 yeah so okay. I'm, i mean unless you guys have any other thoughts on anonymous login it's relatively straightforward we can move on to the other parts of the announcement i uh, was just trying to find this yeah so if you go to Amazon.kindle.com. I might have talked about this before. You have to log in to Amazon again, but it's like this separate app that you can use to 
follow people on Kindle so that you can see what they highlight <clears throat> and what books they read. And you can look through the passages you've highlighted and the notes you've made on your books and stuff. It's just really cool. I like uh, the social stuff. Yeah, I, they should really market this, it. More. No one talks about yeah. this sub website. It's really cool. I agree. All right. Um, let's talk quickly about app links. See, so this okay. is so I explained how I was on Cartwork. So you guys are gonna have to explain to me how app links work because that's more backend stuff. But the user facing side of it is. When you are using an app, how many times does this happen to you? You click a link and it takes you to Safari. Um, and that's great and it's a little jarring. But then you want, say that link is to SoundCloud is one of their partners. It takes you to the SoundCloud mobile site in Safari. Well, that kind of sucks. Wouldn't you rather just open directly in the SoundCloud app? That's why they have an app. Well, let's be honest, iOS does a really crappy job of sending the links to the apps and having apps talk to one another. Android does pretty well. Yes, Android, I, I think, yes. And I think that's one of the reasons Facebook introduced what's known as app links to kind of make up for this. Um, and the idea is that by putting code in your app, um, it will be able to send back and forth to other apps. So now, for example, on iOS, uh, when you're in a call and you go to another app or to your home screen, now there's that little green bar at the top that says touch to return to call. It's going to kind of be like that but for apps. So say you're in your email and you jump to SoundCloud, at the top of SoundCloud, it'll say, you know, touch here to go back to your email, um, giving you one tap access to go back to your previous app. Um, they say this works uh, across platforms, Android and iOS. Um, and it is a, an open source project um, that, that Facebook is spearheading with a number of other uh, <laughs> high-end companies. Um, do you guys have any insight on the the technical side of this? I think Colby would know best. I understand superficially how it works. I don't understand. So I understand enough to say that, so you know how, Sean, most links on the internet are like HTTP colon slash slash. So like the Facebook... And this is called deep linking. Do they say that in there? I think they. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. So, so with deep linking, when you generate your web page for someone to view, if they're, you can detect what client they're using, and if they're on a thing, and I think you can also set some sort of cookie on the client if you know that they have the app installed or something. That's what, I don't know how you're supposed to know if they have the app installed. But assuming they do, you can put this, like, for so for Facebook, it's FB colon slash slash, and then whatever you want, and then you, like, send that thing you built to the app. Like, when you click, when you click on it, or when you get redirected to it, it sends all that data in that URL in quotes, URL, to the app, and the app can parse it apart and say, like, oh, it's fb colon slash slash profile slash this profile number. I'm going to load the profile view and fill it with this profile ID's information. I don't understand how a mobile web client is supposed to know if the app is installed, and I don't I understand how you register on iOS which of those special URL formats go to which apps. So, uh... To your first question, I'm pretty sure Safari exposes that, like, because that's how they do the 
you can in, you have you ever gotten like the prompts to install an app in Safari? I thought that was a meta tag that you say this page has an analogous app and its iTunes link is this. Maybe I mean I'm, it probably is a meta tag, but maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's not. Who knows? <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure it is because I rewrote our base template in Mustache. So I know there at least exists a meta tag that looks like that's what it would be used for, but I'm sure there's multiple ways of doing it. Yeah. What are we sitting around here talking for? Google knows the answer. Google. <laughs> Why watch our show when you can Google? Yeah, we'll teach you to Google. This is this is like an hour long, like, let me Google that for you. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I mean, while you're doing that, I'll talk more. Uh, okay. You know, I, 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 I cheered when they announced this because I think it is something that, especially in iOS, has been lacking for so long, and it's so frustrating. And I wish Apple would have taken the lead and really done it right, and instead they're, they're leaving it to other companies, which is fine. And, you know, open source, cross-platform, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that, but let's be honest. I mean, this is something that should have been in iOS years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the same time, though, isn't it, like, semi-widely rumored that iOS 8, Apple will be addressing this in iOS 8, or something like this in iOS 8? iOS can already do this. If it couldn't, Facebook wouldn't be able to do it right now. Oh, yeah. No, you can, you can, like, so I think that the the new thing here is not that you can send, like, go to to one app directly from another app it's it's like a standardized way of doing it with like any app rather than having to like implement them on a per app basis right like i'm sure the like facebook will take you to the youtube app but typically how that happens on ios is you click on a youtube link from facebook Facebook opens up a web view, but then YouTube somehow knows that you have the YouTube app installed and then redirects oh. you to these deep, this deep link URL, which then opens up the YouTube app. That's crazy. Then I don't get what the new thing is. Then. All right. Maybe, maybe we should come back to this another time. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and spin our wheels. I, I thought I understood what the, it was. The maybe tech- I you know what? Maybe our fans out there should watch Change Mode Show to learn more about web programming. Sean, are you telling us to shut up? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, not I'm not, but I don't want people to be watching the show and be like, these guys are fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> which we're not. We're very smart. But technology is hard. And I think the important thing here to know is that you, as a user, uh, will hopefully get a more seamless app-to-app experience instead of being bounced between browsers and home screens and all that stuff nobody likes. And it's good for app developers. All this stuff, it's developers, developers, developers. I should have pulled that clip. Um, but that's really what post. Facebook was all about. Um, I mean, that's what it is. Um, I, so I think we should talk about the FB start thing. What do you guys think about that? FB start? Now, that is the free crap Facebook is giving away to developers, right? Free crap? Yes. It's like, I hesitate, I mean, I don't think it's quite an incubator, but like, 
you well, they're can giving apply you tools to and resources. Yeah, yeah, and they give you like free services and stuff. So it's like the Microsoft DreamSpark thing. Probably. Like, if you want to start a business and not pay Microsoft thousands of dollars to start out with, they'll give you it for free in the hopes that eventually you will pay them thousands of dollars for it. Probably, yeah. That's a pretty it's good the, analogy. It's the kind of thing where they give you like parse credit and like ad credits and Adobe Creative Cloud subscriptions and Yeah, they now there's two levels, right? One is the first one is worth about five grand and stuff, and the second one's worth like sixty grand. Yeah. And stuff. Or so they claim, you know, I don't know how those numbers are calculated, but um yeah, I think yeah, this whole announcement was was 100% develop. I mean, to be fair, it was a developers conference, but you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think Facebook isn't isn't stupid and realizes that you know, grandmothers sharing photos of their grandkids on Facebook isn't a good long term strategy for the company. <laughs> um, and it's you know, well, with an increasing control. Wait, 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 wait. What about grandkids? What about, what about grandkids sharing pictures of their grandparents on Facebook though? Uh, there is some money in that. Yeah. That's true. You can sell ads on that. <laughs> for like Oh, I was gonna say something mean and I won't. Um so no, I think you know, in an increasingly mobile mobile web appification, um, Facebook needs to be in all these apps and, and they're in my opinion, certainly doing a better job than any other company out there to be sort of, it's, it's interesting to me. And I want to talk about this as we got into the Facebook audience network, um, that face to call Facebook, a social network is a, I think untrue and B a disservice to the company because they are not a social network. That's like calling Google an email provider. Well, so, wait, wait, wait. so I think, I think the, the, I mean, the distinction there is that, like, Facebook.com is a, like, Facebook the company is no longer simply Facebook.com. Right, that, exactly. That's exactly, just like Google isn't just selling ads online and Microsoft doesn't just sell Windows. It's I would argue that if, if you're going to say something like Facebook isn't a social network, then Google isn't a search engine and they're both simply ad networks that happen to have social networks and search engines. I, I Because you can say all you want that Facebook isn't just a social, like, if Google doesn't just sell ads, for instance, then they make no money, then they went out of business 15 years ago. Well, I, I agree that ads are the biggest part of both companies and their future strategies, but I don't <laughs> think the ads define them. Remember, Dan, Sean does love ads. Oh, God, do I love ads. If you'd like <laughs> to buy ad space on Don't Panic, email us. Uh, don't panic show at gmail.com. We're for sale. Um, and, um, that was an ad. That, it was an ad for ourselves. Um, I did a change mode ad a little earlier. So you And where's my payment for that, guys? Come on. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think it's it, it was this announcement that finally made me get it. Finally made me realize, why is Facebook buying Instagram but not changing the name? Why is Facebook buying Oculus Rift? Why is Facebook buying Parse and doing back-end services? And why are they doing it? And all of a sudden, it all clicked to me. It's not about Facebook.com. It's not about the social network. It's not about how many friends you have or how many photos you share. It's about being part of all of it and getting its tendrils in everything. Because if you think So about they can it, sell more ads. 
I, I Dan, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that ads are what makes the money. But think of all the different areas. You know, Google makes glass and self-driving cars, and that's cool. I, obviously, it doesn't make the money, but but it could. I, I couldn't tell you what Google is. And I know where they make network. their money, but I don't think that's what defines them. And I think Facebook is becoming, and I think that's what killed companies like MySpace. You can't just be a social network. I don't think that. No, works I anymore. agree. That's but, I think why Twitter is struggling and why they're now starting to move into ads and they're starting to move into, uh, you know, Vine and things like that and they're starting to kind of branch off. I don't know. I don't know. I think, especially with Google, and I suspect that it will be the same way with Facebook. You can look at all these things as not being ad related, but at the end of the day, they have to be ad related. I like. Agree. How much money will it make Google to know where you are driving and how often you drive and what the state of your car is? Well, if yeah. they had a captive audience of all the people who need to get their oil changed, how much money would a local business pay to get an ad in front of only people who actually need to have their oil changed right now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of it is future bets, right? Like, yeah, it's not like... As, as, as much as much of the discussion on the internet and the news might suggest that, like, like, I don't think Facebook or Google or anyone is, like, using the data right now. It's like, this data could be really great in five years or something when we have something to use it for. Well, I mean, um, they, they've owned Instagram for, what, a year, two years, and they're still barely selling ads on there. You know, it's not like they've they've made a ton of money off of Instagram. No, I mean it's a long term play. I agree. Yeah, and I I think they also didn't want to like. I mean, if they had bought Instagram and immediately plastered ads all over it, (laughs) everyone stopped using using. Yes, it's it's alienating. It would have it would have been very unpleasant. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just as. As a as, I try to watch these events as a common person, not one of you elites, um, and you know you and your your fancy San Francisco apartments and your your international flights of fancy. Um, and <laughs> when I was watching, it was this was really the first time in all the years I've been following what Facebook has been up to. I finally, it finally the big picture finally clicked in my head, and that just that was just interesting to me that I, I finally get what all these things mean and the direction they're going, and all of a sudden I thought very differently of Facebook in a more positive way. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, the, yeah, I, I think the other thing I'll say is that, like, I feel like a lot of people feel that the better... Like, there are always going to be ads, and the better we can, like, target, like, the better ad, the higher quality and more, like, relevant an ad we can give to any individual person, the better experiences it is for them. Like, like it could, and sure, it's, like, maybe there, someone is trying to make money off them, but, like, it could also, I mean, hopefully, in in the best case, it's the case that it'll it's something that helps them as well. So, well, I mean, that's the like, 
you know, well, it's a mutually it's, beneficial relationship, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> a fun fact, you know, your, your standard clickable banner ad on a desktop web page gets um, between 0.1 and 0.5% click-through rate um, of people who see the ad. You know, I mean, the, 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 the click-through rates are awful. Um, so I think if Facebook can do, you know, I'm reading in the article here, the, the mobile ad that you see in Facebook on your phone or tablet that advertise app installations, that's 59% of the company's ad revenue is those type of ads. Yeah. You know, and that's something you wouldn't really, you can really only do on mobile. And it's something, you know, I think Facebook is uniquely, it's tough to do on mobile web. So, um, you know, Banner ads suck. They don't. They don't work that well anymore. People got smart, and uh, you know, if Facebook's okay. going to be the people to, to make advertising work online. More power to them. I think they're they're doing it very smartly. Um, yeah, and like the less websites I have to go to and see, like the entire background of the site be a f- fucking huge ad, like like just repeat background image of yeah. some stupid movie. It always surprises me the sites that are like that too, like reputable news organizations and well they're, they're desperate for the money you know yeah. and that's 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 i'll give facebook all the credit in the world for being smart and i i i think maybe once or twice in all the years i've used facebook have i said that ad is intrusive that ad is annoying i don't care for that ad but for the most part you know if i'm interested i'll click if not i'll scroll by i you know i i think they've taken their time to really figure out how to do ads without you know upsetting their users so good for them See, Facebook, we do say nice things about you. Can we talk about, (laughs) real quick, because I've been doing a lot of Amazon shopping recently. Sure. Why does Amazon show you ads for the thing you just bought on the homepage? It's, Dan, it's, I I mean, I, do you want me to guess? No, and the the (laughs) thing that gets me, it's not even just on the homepage. It's like every other website you go to. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. But you think on the homepage, they'd like have a little more control. Like, sure. Maybe there's like some weird time to live cash on external ads. That's fine. Well, and they may not share the with the ex- with the external ad cookies that the fact that you've bought something, just the fact that you visited a page. I mean, that's private logged in information. But if you're logged into the Amazon page, yeah, Dan, you're absolutely right. It should know. Well, yeah, but the, it's in their best interest to make their offsite ads as relevant as their on-site ones. Yeah, but isn't there some kind of privacy element with them sharing what you have and have not yeah. actually purchased? No, they don't yeah, have they, to share so, anything. Sh- yeah, Sean. Explain the, me the how cookies are, work. <laughs> no, no, it's, it has nothing to do with cookies. The okay. ads are not like the ads don't go through the 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 website you're looking at server. It's like a direct connection to Amazon. So Amazon chooses the ads that you see. Amazon powers the ads. Okay. So, like, if Amazon wanted to advertise on our site, they send you like a snippet of HTML and you just paste it in. And that's oh, it. then yeah, they should know what you bought. That's dumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Assuming you're logged in, yeah. And like, it's like, literally, I am the least likely to buy something after, like, in a given category. Like, I just bought a book, a travel book, and they keep showing me ads for the same country. I already bought a book. Clearly, you understand the distinction because you're showing me those kinds of books. You, I bought one of them. I don't want to see anymore. I'm not looking for an extensive collection of all the different travel companies and the books that they write. No one wants that. 
Dan, I'll tell you, I'm in the middle of an in-depth project on online display advertising, and the the underlying fundamental concepts and technologies of display advertising hasn't changed much since Google introduced AdWords over a decade ago. So, you know, that that's why I give credit to Facebook and companies like that who are trying to figure out how to do ads in a new way, because you're right, most of these companies just do the same thing they've always done. So. And if there's programmers out there who want to take on the challenge of advertising on the web, there's a lot of money in it, so figure that one and out. And a lot of companies <laughs> trying to do it. Oh my god. I mean, the, My what? inbox is proof of that. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's... Um, how about we advertise some smiles? Yes, we're going to make some people happy because we've got a trivia challenge. All right. Good job, Colby, not talking during the theme music. Um, and uh, it's a short trivia challenge today, but I think you'll find it interesting. And it's centered around our last discussion. Here's some trivia on the history of online advertising. Wow, so timely. It, it, well, I try and make it centered around the news as best I can. Um, so they're all multiple choice. Um, I'll read off the options and you'll both have a chance to answer. Uh, and there's just three. It's a short trivia. So the first spam email was sent in what year? Was it 1978, 1981, 1985, or 1990? So that'd be 78, 81, 85, or 90. And we will go to uh, Colby first. 85. All right, Colby says 85. Dan? 81. Dan says 81. The correct answer, 1978. It was sent to 400 people on ARPANET. Uh, to... By a man looking to sell some computers from the uh, from DEC, the Digital Electronics Corporation, uh, and he got in a lot of trouble for doing that. But then again, he gets credit in the history books. So um, <laughs> dubious honor. He started it all. He started it all unintentionally. <laughs> um, so he should be suing all these other people, he, all these ad he networks. Should have patented. He had it, prior art yeah. on on selling things online. Missed opportunity for that guy. What a shame. I wonder what he's doing now. Um, the next question. Uh, the first clickable display ad. They weren't called banner ads yet at the time, but essentially banner ad. CDA. Was, uh, dis- was sold to what type of company? Was it a telecom company, an automotive company, a law company, or an entertainment company? Dan goes first. Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so he had to go eventually. So the first clickable display ad was sold to what type of company? A telecom, automotive, law, or entertainment? I'm going to say automotive. Automotive. Colby? Uh, well, Dan said automotive, so I'm going to say law. The correct answer is law. It was sold to the <laughs> law firm Heller, Ehrman, White, and McAuliffe in 1993, uh, though the first... Um, widely known banner ad was sold in 94 to AT&T. So congratulations, Colby, on that. Thanks. And we will go to our last question. This is a tough one. Um, Which of these four is not a standard for measuring web ads? Which of these is not? Is it CPC, CPP, CPA, or CPM? 
What does that mean? Three of those are acronyms that stand for ways of measuring the effectiveness right, and right. cost of... And I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh, oh. Can you read them again slower? Yeah, yeah let's read them again. No and hints. They all start with CP, and that stands for cost per. I'll even give you a hint, okay? Okay. CPC. CPP. CPA. Or CPM. One of those is not a real thing. Colby, do you have an answer? Well, it's not CPC. Okay. So is it CPP, CPA, or CPM? I'm going to say CPP. Okay. Colby thinks CPP isn't a real one. Dan, what's your answer? I'm going to say it's not CPA. Okay. Well, let's talk about the ones you didn't pick. CPC, cost per click. CPM, cost per million, which is the number of views it gets. No action. CPA is a real thing. Cost per action, that is when someone uh, clicks through and either purchases or interacts with the site. CPP, I made up. Colby wins 2-0. Jeez. An overwhelming victory. Congratulations, Colby. I think in the future we should write the answers on a piece of paper and then simultaneously hold it up to the camera. <laughs> oh. I like uh, we'll considering it, as long as Colby's video connection is stable enough. <laughs> we'll have to write it in really thick Dude. strokes on the paper. That hey, was a low blow, man. Don't make fun of Skype. <laughs> He's looking good so far. Don't curse it. Yeah. It is looking good. Um Fantastic fun trivia challenge. Congratulations, Colby. But we have to move on because we've got other news. Things going now, isn't the, it? The music's Fucking the music's really good. If you could hear it, I turned it off. Uh, so, uh, are you guys middle school girls? I think so. Uh, no. Oh, then I, you probably don't care because Snapchat got an update this week. <laughs> Snapchat chat. Yeah, see what I did there? Um, you may know that Snapchat recently report, uh, reportedly rejected a $3 billion offer from Mark Zuckerberg, um, and they turned it down. So what did they do? They instead decided to take their app and kick it up to the next level. Uh, this past week, Snapchat released a large update, probably the largest since the app originally launched, um, and what they've done is they've added, uh, among other features, text conversation. So now instead of sending just pictures, you can now send texts. They keep that trademark Snapchat deletes itself feature um, whenever you and the other person close out of the conversation. Um, The other interesting feature is actually video chat. Um, When you're in a a text chat with a person and the two of you are both in the chat simultaneously, the little button lights up, and if you press it, you will be instantly video connected to the other person. Whoa, I did Um, not realize that. uh, Colby, you have Snapchat, right? Yeah. You You want to give it a demo? I, I don't have any friends on Snapchat, so I haven't been able to try it. Aren't we friends? Oh, you mean you want a video chat uh, yes, right I now? Yes, I want to try because apparently yeah, it's, it. you know, like high school, it's like a disaster for, there were teachers tweeting like, this has been the, like when, the day the update came out, uh, this is the worst day. That's, that's, that's how they know they're winning. I'm like, oh my what? God. It's, if I had had this in high school, I would have never gotten anything I done. I can't believe teachers are tweeting. Like that alone is. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> So you see, there it goes. It says, uh, share live video. Press to... Oh my god, look, it's Colby. 
Look, I here, can't me, see you. Let me put it up on the split cam. Oh, because I'm not pressing. See, so when you push the button, I see you. Now watch. If I push the button, there we go. You now, you now see me. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish my I face. Oh, it, so I like how you can flip the camera. Yeah. And the quality is like really good for a connection that you just kind of quickly threw together. So I'm actually, and then when you let go, it stops sharing. And you oh, Sean, Sean stopped sharing. That's, I did. That's cool. So the idea uh, Snapchat claims is that it's it's supposed to be for like, you know, not a planned Skype call like we would do for the show, but rather just kind of a serendipitous, you happen to see the persons online, so you quickly send them a video, hello, see what they're up to. Um, that's cool. Or if you know they're somewhere, somewhere uh, interesting. So um, I, sh I should read stuff when I see <laughs> Hmm. Um. So yeah. So uh, what, what do you guys uh, what do you guys think of this update? Do you think it's the the right direction for Snapchat to go? What What do you think this does for the company? If you have any thoughts at all. So so they added the video thing and they added the the texting thing, right? Right. right. So you can still send photos, the the core use, but yes. And both of those are fully ephemeral. Uh yes. Okay. I mean, I think that doesn't change the company at all. Like, it's still their core mission. Ephemeral communication is, aficionados. Is the, is the text also ephemeral? Yes. yes. Now you do. You can. I, I guess the way it works is if you tap the text, it will save it, but it tells the other person that you saved it. So they show in like the demo video, like someone sent you an address to a restaurant. Oh. Um, you can tap it and save it. So when you need it later. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, Snapchat claims that just over 700 million snaps are shared every single day. It's a lot of snaps. All kinds of snaps. Lovely. Um, I mean, honestly, I think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Despite the fact that you don't use Snapchat. Despite the fact that I don't use Snapchat. I want to use Snapchat, and here's why. Messaging is hard. It is. I have, fr I have a friend, who I won't name, who has an Android phone. And occasionally I'll send him a picture of something. So I'll say, oh, look at this, or I'll say, you'll never guess what I'm doing at work, or whatever. And through SMS, it never works. I don't know if it's iMessage. I don't know if it's his phone. It's a pain. It doesn't work. Is it me? Or is it someone else? No, it's someone else. Oh, I was going to say. A mutual you're... friend. I see. Um, <laughs> I was like, is that why you never text <laughs> Colby, me? Colby, I text you all the time. You don't get those? Actually, because you never text me. Yeah, I see you enough every week. Um, but yeah, so I think it's the same with video chat. Like, I had... My sister on live on tape this past weekend, she had never used Skype before. So I had to get her to install it. I had to get her to get what? an account. She had to configure it. Who's never used Skype before? My sister. She's not a real tech person like I am. And um, so to me, this ability for Snapchat to say, you don't have to plan to meet someone online. It's just, hey, you're online. You tap it. You're instantly connected. And we saw how fast that was. Yeah. And you're talking with them. You can talk for them for two seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever. You just let go and they're gone. 
It's the same with text. It's the text, you know, I could give or take, you know, either way, but I think between the pictures and the video, the fact that they just make it so easy is awesome. Um and and, and, I, and I really I really I really dig what they're doing, and I think more people should get away from this idea that Snapchat's for naughty pictures for teenagers or a way for kids to waste time in class, because I think the service could be used for a lot more than that. I think this idea of making messaging simple and, you know, self-deleting not because you're trying to hide something, but just self-deleting because you don't need a thousand text photos. You know, 98% of the photos that people send me on Snapchat suck. You know, photos yeah. I never want to see again. That's the beauty of it. And you don't have to think twice about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. That that's that's I think what's what what I'm really digging about this update. And I think if they continue to add communication features, um, like I'd like to see them do groups would be really interesting. Um, so you can have a group conversation going with pictures and texts and um, you know things like that. If they just keep adding that, I think they could create a really unique product that i don't think anyone else has been able to do i don't know i mean they started with a different thing than anyone else had started with so it's kind of cool like i think the like what i would like to see from snapchat is not to succumb to the thing that a lot of companies succumb to where they try and be other companies you know what i mean like like Twitter and Google and Facebook and and everyone tries to be like an Amazon and like you know in one way or another we've talked about this before in one way or another they're like all stepping on each other's toes and I mean obviously like those are all pretty big tech companies too I'm not sure Snapchat is that that big yet exactly but. well you know if the numbers they quote are right they're the most popular photo sharing service anywhere yeah. you know. So, I, I don't know. Dan, do you have any? No, I'm trying to figure out how to use Snapchat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You're so, you're so young and hip with the kids. Um, so good, good thing you're not on a technology show or anything. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to Snapchat you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Snapchat's great. And if you haven't tried it, you know, don't, don't listen to all the, the hype and the rumors about it being this, that, and the other thing. It's... Uh, it's actually, a, I think, a, a really great way to communicate, and I love using it. I, I, we have a friend who's over in Ireland. I pretty much only talk to her through Snapchat because um, she doesn't have SMS over there. iMessage is really annoying, um, and Facebook chat's okay, but it doesn't have you know the multimedia features. I will give Facebook credit. We ran out of time last week, and I'll talk briefly, but there was an update to the Messenger app for Facebook that I think did a really great job of integrating videos, better picture taking, uh, and things of that nature. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that thing is great. Yeah, my, miles and ahead. And it's finally iOS 7. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a really good app, so I'm very satisfied with that. Indeed. I'm a big fan of Messenger. Yeah, I, th I mean, if they keep adding features, I, 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 I use it... I probably use it now almost as much as I use email, really. Um... Oh yeah, I'm like, if I didn't have a job, <laughs> then I would totally use it way more than. <laughs> That's right. For those of us who don't have a life, we love for uh, Facebook. <laughs> um, well, while Dan tries to figure out how Snapchat works, why don't we move on uh, in the interest of time to a company? Um, imagine if you took an app and then split it into two apps. 
That might sound crazy. But then again, it's Foursquare. <laughs> Um, so Foursquare, the company, uh, began, you were able to check into places, you know, become the mayor, compete with your friends, but over time, uh, it sort of added this log of information about places, restaurants that are popular, places that are recommended, deals, um, things of that nature, uh, but Foursquare lately has kind of been confused as to what it is, you know, is it this check-in app, is it this database of places, well, Foursquare finally decided that rather than trying to keep refreshing its app and trying to add more and more things, they figured, well, why not just make two completely different apps and make them each great at what they do? So uh, while neither of these are currently available, in the coming weeks, there's going to be a brand new app from the Facebook folks called Swarm. Um, and Facebook, the, he means Foursquare. Did I say Facebook? You said did. It's all the same. What? So, <laughs> social media... It's not like, not like I know anything about social media. Um, Swarm is essentially the check-in side of Foursquare. So uh, they call it a social heat map, um, but it is an app that uh, you'll check in. You'll be able to see friends that are nearby. Um, you will be able to ping them um, and say, you know, oh, I see you're here. You interested in doing stuff or hanging out, uh, creating plans with people. Um, and things of that nature, um, while at the same time keeping the Foursquare app, but releasing a big update in the coming months to that app, uh, which will strip out the check-in stuff and instead focus on um, places, similar to kind of like a Yelp competitor, uh, where you're going to focus on individual places, reviews, recommendations, specials, things of that nature. So are they actually stripping out check-ins from regular Foursquare? Like From everything I've read, yeah. It will be so, Swarm only. Foursquare will be Yelp, and Swarm will be Foursquare. Will be Foursquare Classic, yes. Yeah. Does that make sense, Colby? But I want my check-ins in Foursquare. But if... So I had this What's debate with someone today where I thought... Sorry? I think Foursquare is good because of the check-ins. Yes. Like that's... that's Part of the reason it's better than Yelp. But there, <clears throat> there are two modes that you use it in. There's the mode you use it in where it's passive and you check into a place and then you are essentially broadcasting your location to your friends and your friends know that you might be nearby when otherwise they wouldn't. There's that. And then there's the, I am actively staring at this thing trying to figure out where to go. And those are two different modes. I... I don't understand why they need to be two different apps. I could see how they might want to be to two totally like custom experiences for those workflows. Yeah, I mean, like... <clears throat> so, I, I see how they would want to, like, split apart their experiences in that, like... I don't I don't use Foursquare in a particularly social way. However, I do like check in regularly to places and I don't like if it didn't have check-ins, like that would be a deal breaker. Like it's immediately stops being so, But why though? For for the social part or for the recommendations part? For the recommendations and for like the I don't I, I like the list like of places I've been so and stuff. Can I can I read you something? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, this is from the article on The Verge about the uh, announcement of this. And uh, Foursquare says one of the reasons they're, you know, how can it personalize results if they're no longer checking in? Um, and the idea is that uh, Foursquare no longer needs people to check in to get recommendations. So not only have they collected 6 billion check-ins over the years, but now, if you haven't noticed in recent versions of the app, Facebook will actually, or uh, Foursquare will actually predict, I keep doing that, will predict where you are based on yeah. past experiences, the, the, the Wi-Fi, the GPS, all these things, what they call pre-check-ins. Um, and, you know, for example, uh, they say if you take your phone to four or five different Japanese restaurants over the course of six months, even without checking in, Foursquare will still learn that you like Japanese food and start making recommendations for you. It's aware without you having to do the actual action of checking in. For them, the only reason you need to check in is to let your friends know where you are, not necessarily to get recommendations. Okay. Does that make I sense? I guess I'll buy that. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they do, like, with a reasonable degree of accuracy, predict, like, where I am pretty well. Like, when I get to a place, I get a notification, like, hey, are you getting... Progressive Grounds, like, or whatever. That's the coffee shop down the street. Or, like, you know. Okay. I'm not sure. I, so, I've seen you check into that place, and I always assumed that it was some park. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's okay. They, they have really cheap coffee. Nice. All right. Cool. <laughs> it's like, I could go there, or I could go to the other coffee shop, like, four blocks away, that costs, like, three times as much. Um. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm nervous though because I feel like that might take away the interaction for me. Like that's what I do with Foursquare. I just check in. So, you don't just check in though. You check in because why do you check in? I mean, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure. I don't know you why. You just do it because you do it. I'm the yeah, same way. Yeah, what I do. It's like my routine. I like go to my my favorite places and I check into them. And it's not so people I know I'm know I'm there because like the twelve people I'm friends with on Foursquare all live in New York. But <laughs> that's why that's great right in New York. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, but ah, God, but I don't know, know. I, Colby. I exactly agree with you. You know, it's funny to think about this, but you know, I don't really because of where I live, I don't really care where my friends are. I mean, it's nice occasionally get the pop-up to let me know they're in the area or something like that, or they go to a cool place and recommend it. But I don't use Foursquare for recommendations because I always forget they're in there. You know, like the other day, I was looking for a cool local ice cream place because I was looking for ice cream. I went to Yelp. I probably, now that I think yeah. about it, I would have rather used Foursquare. See, especially... I it was there. Yeah, I, I mean, I find, especially if you're in a place, like, if you're in a dense place where there is, like, a decent amount of Foursquare usage, it's like, I find Foursquare, like, not even recommendations, but just, like, the view, the, re well, they, that's the thing, they're not reviews, they're tips, which is great. Yeah. I mean, like, right there, you're not asking people to be douchebags, you're asking people to be positive, so, like, the stuff you learn about the restaurants is like stuff you actually want to know, um, which is great. But yeah, I, I guess my point is like Foursquare has been my go-to for for finding somewhere to go eat or something for a while. Um, but I don't know. I like 
I don't know. I really don't know. That's the yeah. other thing to do with it. With it is like, I go there. I do. I will admit. I also go there to check the menu of places, and to find out what time it's open. Yep. Um, yeah, but that's like that's like fifty percent. That's that's. I think I check in more often than I do any of that stuff, though. So you're a swarm user then. I guess so, but I don't. I I well, I just. But you don't, don't see any of my friends being on Swarm. I kind Maybe of, I kind of see it as a as almost like a Venn diagram, right? Where you have one circle of people who are really into the social and the checking in and seeing where their friends are going and getting the notifications, hey, your friend is nearby. And then there's a circle of people who say, I want to find a really cool restaurant I haven't been to. I wonder what the best thing to order here is. And sometimes those people will never overlap. But there is a section of people who want both. But I think what Foursquare is realizing is by trying to hit all of those people at the same time with one app, things get lost. Yeah. The other thing... I mean, I guess... Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I guess it's the same company, right? So there's no reason, like, there's the swarm check-ins can't inform Foursquare. Oh, I, I would bet you log in with your Foursquare account to, to Swarm, you know? Um, right. And, and I also have to say, you know, they've shown screenshots of what Swarm's going to look like, but neither of these apps are out, and neither have they talked about details about what the new Foursquare app will be. So, you know, it's still it's still early. We don't know exactly what that will entail. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel like Swarm was the thing I did my my junior year interactive media project on. <laughs> they stole your uh, idea. Yeah. It's called Flock, though. No, I, I'm psyched because I really wanted that to be a thing. And you just I need to get all your up. San Francisco friends on, on Swarm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I just hope it happens, I guess. Because, like, no one's on Foursquare, but, like... All of my friends in New York are on Foursquare. Yeah. That's what I mean, makes it amazing. I All of my best Foursquare experiences have been in New York City. Like, that time we were at Shake Shack and then right. Miriam was there. Yeah. Um, I will say, recently, Miriam was in San Francisco, and I know this because <laughs> she checked in on Foursquare. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's things like that. And when people from Marist are in New York City, I know that they're there. Yeah. If that's true. Square. Yeah. Maybe that's what maybe I don't know. Alright. I'm sold. Alright. Okay. It, it I, I I think it's one of those optimistically but cautious, you know. Yeah. I think it's 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 a good point that like I use Foursquare for two things. One is finding restaurants and two is checking in places. Um and when I'm finding restaurants, I'm not checking in. And when I'm checking in, I'm not looking for restaurants. Exactly. Exactly. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. And by trying to put the two together into one app, doesn't make sense. So Maybe. I was thinking while we were having this discussion, the Venn diagram of Twitter users, there's the Twitter users who will never tweet. They only follow people. Should they have their own app? And should the celebrity PR teams who have most of the followers and do the least amount of engagement also have their own app? Um, I don't know if it needs an entire separate app, but I think there should be additional features to support those users. Certainly. Okay. That was just a thought. I was yeah. just thinking, no, what, other, that, what other experiences could benefit by being split off because well, there's two different ways of using it? You know, and it's interesting to me, I'll super briefly mention that um, Google announced Google, Google Docs and Google Sheets as individual apps on iOS. 
Mm-hmm. And what's weird to me is in the Google Drive app, you used to be able to edit documents right in Google Drive. They actually took away that functionality in Drive and put it into these two separate new apps. And I had to think to myself, like, for quite a minute, like, why? What is the advantage to having s- separate apps to do these? And I couldn't really figure out a good reason. I was actually upset, you know, <laughs> because cause it, it, having... And, you know, the, the Sheets app only will find the Sheets in your Google Drive and then take them out of all their folders. So it's just a list of Sheets from all over your Google Drive. It's a very weird experience, and I don't think that was necessary. So, you know, I kind of see this idea of app splitting. Yeah. I saw the reviews on the Sheets app. I mean, it's, it, it worked great in Drive, and it works great in its own app. I mean, the functionality is fine. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just whining over nothing. Um, We are... It's up to you guys. We're running a little long. Um, we can talk about OSX or we can move on to picks. Can we talk about OSX briefly? Okay. that's I've, I've got nowhere to be. Uh, so we've teased before WWDC is next month, uh, June 2nd through the 6th uh, in San Francisco. Of course, we'll have wall to wall to wall to wall coverage here <laughs> don't panic um, so many walls all the walls we'll have wrist coverage for the watches tv coverage for apple tv you name <laughs> it we'll cover it um but now is the time of year we start to get the rumors uh and Whee! there's rumor going around from nine to five max german who's a uh, rather reputable um that the osx 1010 um will see a big refresh this year including an end-to-end redesign uh, which is Apple's supposedly Apple's most comprehensive since launching OS X uh, over a decade ago. Uh, it's going to take design cues from iOS uh, 7 and that flattening, um, while the fundamentals of OS X stay the same. It's more of a visual overhaul, including sharper corners, more white space, and iOS 7-like toggles. Um, iOS 7-like toggles? That's uh, that's just... I'm just reading the, the sort of... When you slide in, it's green and white. Oh, when you turn, okay. when you toggle things on and off, I don't know. Um, I want it. Are you sure? Do you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Imagine Windows 8, but not touch. Just nice. Yeah. I mean, this no, because I had this discussion with someone the other day when this news came out, and it was this idea that mobile operating systems should be mobile operating systems, and desktop operating systems should be desktop operating systems. They're different machines; they require different operating systems. And this merging of them, I think, on some level, is doomed to fail. And I realize this is just colors and you know angles and white space and things like that. And I guess that comes down to personal taste, but. You know, it's a slippery slope before, you know, rumors for years that they are going to eventually merge iOS and and OS 10, which is possible. But I, I just I don't I don't want to see Apple going in that in that direction just for the sake of making everything look the same, because honestly, everything shouldn't look the same. Yeah, but if you look at an iOS 7 app and ye old OS 10 Coco app. The OS 10 Cocoa apps look really dated now, like yeah. metal and bubbles, like glass button things. That's like, true. It's weird. And in fact, uh, the new version of OmniFocus for Mac, which I can't show because I messed it up, looks very much more like 
iOS 7 than it does a traditional Mac app. Interesting. Anyways, I'm, I'm into it. No, it's, it is interesting, and, and you know, while I've gotten used to iOS 7, I'm still happy to say I, I don't like it. Uh, I, I, I don't think... <laughs> Happy to say. I know I, yeah. I think you'll I, be pleased to know that his opinion has not that changed. I continue to dislike things. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still not satisfied with the uh, with the design style, and and if this rumor is true, it's another excuse for me to stay with Windows. So, there you go. I'm grumpy. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I liked iOS seven so much. I I bought an Android phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. I think there are a lot of really nice iOS 7 apps. I don't think any of Apple's apps are those apps. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I guess I hope they've learned... I hope they've learned from the... I, I don't... I guess my, my problem... That, not, not my problem, but the thing that concerns me is that, like... iOS 7 is, like... It's pretty flat, and it's pretty, like minimal and the which i think is okay for the the general complexity of the tasks that you're doing on a phone i'm not sure it's okay i'm not sure that's enough for what you're doing on mac os 10 like is that like can you picture a like ios 70 photoshop like that still does all the photoshop things like I don't know. Like, I, mean, I I think it can. I just don't know if you want it to. And I think that's the exact right. problem with Windows 8. Is and, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, they, they push, you know, the tiles, they look good. And the full screen apps, they look good. But that's not how you use a desktop computer. And I, yeah. I, I hate to see Mac go in that direction. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just that, like... Maybe it's just the case that like it hasn't it hasn't matured as a design paradigm yet. So like we're still like I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they'll figure it out. Like I'm sure people are going to figure out how to make great software that looks good and matches the the thing that's going on. The more the more I think about it too, the more I'm like, yeah, it does look pretty dated. It looks kind of goofy right now. Just looking at it, I don't know. Well, you know what? You'll just have to wait till WWDC to find out. I guess so. When is that again? June second through the sixth. And then uh, a week or two after that is uh, Google I/O. So uh, it's gonna, it's going to be a busy month. I'm excited. Uh, it should be fun. Um, why don't we uh, wrap up the news and we'll move on to our picks of the week? Colby, don't say anything. I'm going to play a, a theme here. Okay, you ready? All right, go. What? Okay, there we go. It's over. You can talk now. You should have a countdown timer I... on the wall behind you. I should. I should. Or, or like an on-air, off-air type sign. <laughs> Applause. I don't know, something. Um, when I move back into Mom's house, I'll probably have less space to work, so we'll see. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's talk picks. I'm going to volunteer to go first because mine is a quick one. Uh, have you guys visited coffeeandbeer.tv? I have. It is, it is the website for the Coffee and Beer podcast network at coffeeandbeer.tv. Do you think it looks good? Pretty legitty. Pretty legitty, as Colby would say. Well, um, 
Would you believe I, someone with zero web programming experience, were able to build such a beautiful and full-featured website? No. You would, you would think I would have several computer science degrees as someone who made this website, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm surprised Google hasn't called me up to come out and work for them. Well. A million degrees. Well, you know, I'll tell you. Um, it would be because I didn't code it. Uh, I use Squarespace uh, at squarespace.com. Uh, if you're not familiar, Squarespace is a web hosting uh, platform uh, that hosts your site, but also offers a series of templates and easy-to-use tools to create a website for people with no actual programming experience like me. Um, I've tried all the different sites, you know, your WordPresses and your bloggers, and, you know, they just they look like crap, and they upsell you on everything, and it's a pain in the ass. Um, and Squarespace is just uh, no BS, and um, I found it really easy to use. And the prices are competitive, and they give you uh, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage, um, a, a free domain name. I mean, they give you a lot for uh, free. If you want to sell things, they'll do stores, and you can sell things right through your page. Um, and they do all the e-commerce stuff for you. Um, so visit coffeeandbeer.tv, and if you like how the site looks, uh, you got to check out Four, uh, Four Square. Oh, my God. Squarespace. <laughs> Um, they, You're they, like a name behind. I'm, in I'm dyslexic today. I don't even know. Um, and they've got like a dozen or so templates that just look really good. And, you know, if you if you don't want to customize your site and want to throw something together quickly, fine, you can do that. But I put a lot of work into customizing coffee and beer. And even though it's a template, it still looks pretty custom. And I've found it, you know, every, every day I'm changing the website when new shows go up and we go live. Um, and the software makes it really easy. Um, it's it's one of those products I'm happy to give them my money because I, I by far get the, get uh, the value back. So Squarespace.com, um, check it out. You get a two week free trial. You don't even have to give them a credit card. So you can make a quick site, play around with it. That's what I did, uh, and I was so satisfied I paid them. So uh, th- there you go. If you're not like Colby and Dan, um, well, and you, if you're not like Colby, if you're not, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you've never heard of a GitHub. Um, then you should uh, check out uh, Squarespace. Okay. Speaking of GitHub, can I go next? Sure. You 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 segued right into that one, so go for it. Um. So if you have heard of GitHub, you might you might know that they have this funky service called GitHub Pages, which basically lets you host static websites on GitHub for zero dollars, zero dollars. Um. And you can, like, if you have your own domain, you can point your own domain to it. So I use GitHub for my to host my personal domain because they have all kinds of things that do stuff that I don't want to deal with. Um, so, like, if you go to colbyr.com, that's a GitHub page. And one thing that has has been mildly annoying is that, like, sometimes I don't want to, like, you know power up vim to like write a blog post wait um, what get out I, believe it or not sometimes <laughs> i don't and like often i've like wiped my computer so i don't have my git repository checked out so i have to like check out another check it out again and then i have to go to the jekyll docs and like look up how the fuck to format a post and it like it's it's convenient, but also very not convenient at the same time. And the other day, I stumbled across this thing, which I've been I sort of wanted to make for a while, but then I realized I didn't actually want to make it myself. Um, 
But then it turns out someone else made it for me, which has been happening a lot lately, which is great. <laughs> I love it. I feel some people get upset when people steal their ideas. I'm just psyched, I think. Um, but I'm I, <laughs> that's a really great one, Dan. You're, you're welcome. Deco jocks. Um, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to share my screen here if I can. I, I don't. I don't know how, but in any case, I, f I found this website called Conversations Share Screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I found this website called Prose.io, and basically, what it does is you you authorize it on GitHub, on your GitHub account, and it connects to all your repositories, and you can just go in and like it works. It's meant to work with like Jekyll sites, so you can go in. And just like edit posts, like I can I can edit these posts, and and it'll commit them straight to GitHub, and it has this crazy markdown editor, uh, which is awesome, and like I can add a new file, and this is all I wanted, this is exactly what I wanted, and now I have it, and it's free as far as I can tell. Sweet, living the dream, living the dream. Yeah, so that's my story. Very cool. Oh. Rose.io. And I have a second pick, which is this beer I've been drinking. It's the 21st, 21st Amendment Brewery back in Black IPA. And I remember Tom Crescenzi was the, the, the person who introduced me to this beer. But nice. now I live in San Francisco, and 21st Amendment is like in San Francisco. Their brewery is in San Francisco, so I drink it all the time, and it's great. You should have some. You're still sharing your screen, Colby. Just so you know. Oh man, I tried to show you guys the beer. Yeah. Oh. You can you can try again. It's the there you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Twenty first century is good. I've had those guys before. It's twenty first amendment. That's what I meant to say. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I'm on Sean's the... falling apart. I was I was falling asleep before the show, so I had like three glasses of Coca Cola. Like I'm just I'm like cracked out. Um Dan, uh, let's talk yeah. about your pick. But before we talk about your pick, I want to mention to our fabulous listeners out there that if you're a fan of Don't Panic and you want to support us, uh, we are now an Amazon affiliate. So whenever we talk about items on the show that are available through Amazon uh, and you're like, God, I'm going to go out and buy that. Make sure you do it through our don'tpanic.io page. Uh, at the bottom of each episode, you'll see links for our pick. That link will be the uh, affiliate link. So... Um, when, you, when you click through there, we get a small percentage of your sale. It's a great way to support the show um, if you're just buying the cool stuff we talk about anyway. One of those cool things <laughs> is this thing. So I have an old phone. The battery is kind of shot. Uh, I don't really want to get a new phone, but I kind of do. You know, Don't be surprised if next week I have a new phone. But <laughs> I... I figured this would be useful anyways. So my phone kept dying, so I was like, screw it, I'm going to go on wire cutter and buy the battery pack they recommend. But as with every other time I've ever gone on wire cutter to specifically to buy something, the thing that I wanted to buy was under review. Uh, so I just bought the one they recommended before, which is this thing, the Satechi Power Base. It's, it'll be in the show notes thing with an affiliate link. But it's really cool. The coolest part of this is it's it's a big battery. I don't know how much it says here. 10,000 whatever milliamp hours. Yeah. Milliamp hours, which is a lot. 
and it fits right in my messenger bag, right in one of the compartments. So if I need to charge my phone, I turn it on by pressing this button, at which point these things light up. There are two USB ports, one of which has a higher amperage, which can charge like iPads or other things, or just charge your phone faster. So I plug my cable in, then I plug my phone in, which conveniently enough is about to die, and it says it's charging, and then I just stick them both back in my bag and walk around like that. It's fantastic. This thing, I don't, I've not pushed it to its limits at all. I believe it can charge this phone at least twice total. Uh, yeah, totally cool. Check out the Satechi <laughs> power base. Just get an external battery so you don't have to worry about it. It was only $25. Is that true? It's $60 on Amazon. Oh, never mind. It must have been something else. <laughs> Dan must have been drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Classic down. It's twenty five percent off on Amazon right <laughs> it's, now. It's like twenty five dollars. Yeah, practically the same. That's cool. I usually use like my MacBook and I like plug it in and yeah, I, in my but you mess- have to my open bag. up your MacBook to do that, which is a <laughs> yeah, you can't really do on the know. subway. Right. Fair enough. It yeah. works well in like a car or on a train, but. I feel this like an external. Uh, I feel like an external battery is one of those must-have accessories. Yeah, I can charge my camera with this, my iPad. Yep, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, if it's USB, you can charge like anything, basically. Yep. Very cool. Well, some awesome picks, some great news. Uh, wow, I thought we had a great show. I think so too. Congratulations, gentlemen. Um, we thank all of you out there for uh, for listening to us not live this week, but we will be back live <laughs> next week. Uh, thanks, YouTube. Uh, with uh, with our live stream, we do it every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, and you can get that at don'tpanic.io, our website. Um, I want to remind everybody, it is our May Madness Giveaway Month. Woo! Yeah, get pumped. I'm spending my cash on you, the fans, so get pumped because we're giving away T-shirts, we're giving away mugs, we're giving away branded stuff like you can't believe. And you know how much it costs you to enter? How much How $5. much would you pay? <clears throat> I don't know. I would accept $10 from people. Entering. $10 an entry. Well, you know what, Colby? How about no dollars an entry? I, I don't know about that. Do I have Sean. your attention? Does that sound sketchy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, be suspicious, uh, because we're giving away all kinds of cool stuff. You just got to go to coffeeandbeer.tv slash giveaway, fill out the form, use code word launch, uh, so we know you're a fan of Don't Panic, uh, and you will be entered to win. We're giving away a bunch of stuff. Um, and while you're there, check out our other shows. You, see, you can see Colby and Dan every week on Change Mode. That tapes Wednesday nights uh, at coffeeandbeer.tv, uh, where I, which is a fantastic show, and I highly recommend. If you like technology, you got to watch it. Uh, even if you're not a programmer, I, I know, as I've claimed many a time, to know nothing about programming, but their show is great, so uh, I recommend you watch it. Um, and, of course, our website, don'tpanic.io, links there to uh, audio, video, feeds, Facebook, Twitter, all the good stuff. Um, is that everything? I think so. I'm, like, winded. Oh. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a lot of things. Um... Sweet. Well, uh, we thank all of you out there for uh, for joining us. We'll be back next week with more tech news. Uh, but until then, that concludes Don't Panic. We'll see you next time.
Later. This show is brewed fresh weekly by the Coffee and Beer Podcast Network. Get all our shows at our website, coffeeandbeer.tv.